This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. That's right. It is A's Cast Live here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. What a show we have for you again today. Coming up in moments, the second best fish in Angels history. He used to be the number one fish, but the salmon was replaced by the trout. Tim Salmon, World Series champion. What a career he had down there uh, for the Angels. He's like the only guy to ever play for the California Angels, the Anaheim Angels, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We will talk to him in moments. The TV voice of your Oakland Athletics, Glenn Kuyper, will join us at 5 o'clock. And then one of the great catchers of all time, as we said, we got to talk about what's it like covering the Orioles right now. And uh, we'll also get into a lot with Rick Dempsey, what a player he was as uh, he broadcast for the Baltimore Orioles. And we'll get a lot into him about all the different things going on in baseball, the hot topics, the former catcher, and we can address a lot of different things. My mind is still blown from yesterday's show. I don't know if you got to hear it. If you didn't get to hear it, I'm going to replay it today in our pregame show, A's Total Access, which will be coming your way at 6.05, whether you're listening here on A's Cast or you're listening on 8.60 AM, The Answer, or Sports 1140 KHDK. Meredith Wills, the doctor, the astrophysicist, who has one of the best articles about research on the baseball that I've ever seen. And you're going to hear from her in the pregame show, and also uh, we'll play a little bit of it today, to where the ball in 2019, it's no longer X-Files, it's no longer conspiracy theory, as some of you tried to call me a conspiracy theorist, which I do love. I, I, I do love a good conspiracy, so I, 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 you were partially right. But now we have the proof. And... We are actually going to meet her. She's going to come to the game on Tuesday when the Athletics are taking on the Minnesota Twins. Because I told Cody, Commander Cody, we've got to start a relationship with her. We We need to hopefully get in her lab and see how she breaks down the baseball. We could video it, put it out on Twitter, you know, because she is the talk. She's everywhere. Everybody is talking about her article on the Athletic. Everywhere in baseball. We've heard it on Baseball Tonight, the podcast. We've heard it on the MLB Network. I mean, it's all over the place. We know she was on KMBR. She's been now on here. She is the talk of Major League Baseball, and it's a lot of fun. But I do want to say this. The bottom line is this is not bad for the game. Runs are basically about the same average per game. Yes, there's more home runs, but there are less base hits. No one's stealing bases. 
So it's not like the home runs have led to this crazy where everybody's scoring. You know, a couple of years ago, they scored more runs per game than they did this year. So it's not like we're at an all-time high. We're at an all-time high in a lot of different things, but we're not at an all-time high at runs. And in the end, that's the only thing that matters. It's runs. Whoever scores the most runs at the end of the game is your winner. So that's what matters. How you do it, as a baseball fan, whether you go back to like you were a Cardinals fan back in the day when Tommy Herr led the team in home runs, I believe, with like nine, and they won a World Series. Whether you do small ball, long ball, however you do it, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters are you winning or you losing. And right now, I know for the athletics, despite the loss yesterday, they're winning. Later on today, there's two things I have to address before maybe do this after Tim Salmon. We're going to play a game of what possibly could go wrong, looking at I have some great stats on Mets Braves. It's going to be classic. And then an idea of what to do with these long games. I've got the innings, I've got the times, as we just saw the we just saw the Twins and Red Sox. Well, actually, no, who was it? It was the Rays and Twins yesterday, went 18 innings. Oh, my God. We're going to have to address that. And, by the way, the uh, dumpster fire that is the New York Mets continues to go. Do we have him? Well, he's one of the great angels of all time. He's one of the only guys, as we said, to be a California angel, an Anaheim angel, and a Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. Tim Salmon, the World Series champion and the Rookie of the Year, joins us here. Tim, we really appreciate you taking the time today. Or press. Well, I guess he's not there, Cody. I guess he is not there. So he's doing TV for the Angels, and you remember as an A's fan. Wow. He just, he wore people out. And he he and Garrett Anderson basically owned the record book for the Angels. They basically own everything, but we know that is about to, uh, that is about to end. <laughs> Not too long. I hate to say this, but the A's are really catching the Angels at the wrong time. They are fully healthy. Their lineup I got the numbers on the lineup, and it is like, wow. It is it is really, really impressive, top to bottom, what their lineup is doing. The length of their lineup right now is unbelievable. Do we have him? We're hope we're hope we have him. Tim Salmon, are you there? Seeing that number because of all of the marketing calls we get nowadays. Thank you. Tim, are you there? At the that was his voicemail. He is right. It, it, it Okay, so I've had my cell phone number since some sometime in the 90s. It's when I first, when I was doing the, the morning show on KMBR with Gary Radnich, who just retired. Good luck to you, Gary. What a career he had. And Gary didn't want to do the advertisements. So somebody had to do them. So I was <laughs> at like 
27 years old. Here I am doing morning radio in San Francisco, and I'm getting sleep trained. I'm the, I was the singular wireless guy. And they would send me a new phone every month to pitch, and the phones were all garbage, and they would break within. I mean, they were awful. I actually had the first BlackBerry. The first BlackBerry was actually blue and had that little flip-up screen. So I've had my 408 number forever, since the late 90s. And every single day, I just get these random calls from the 408. And I started realizing it. And then now you just don't even keep, you know, they're all, they're all going to be someone trying to hit you up for something. And a lot of them are answering machines. It, it, it's absolutely brutal. Tim Salmon, are you there? I'm here. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> we finally got you. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, you, you know as, as I was bringing you on and we kept getting your voicemail, I said, hey, he's the one guy that played for the California Angels, the Anaheim Angels, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You're like one of the only guys. That's, yeah, that's correct. Always been the Angels, though. You know, it's one thing. Location never changed. <laughs> you had a heck of a career winning the World Series in 02. You're Rookie of the Year. And I think about you and Garrett Anderson when you look at the – you look at the record books for the Angels, it's either you or Garrett Anderson. I mean, you guys had a – and SA's fans, we remember because you wore us out at times. You guys had a really good run back in your day. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, you play the ace so many times. I mean, you know, we probably, you know, equally shared, you know, successes and failures there. I mean, I have so many memories of the A's teams where you had the, you know, Hudson, Mulder, and Zito, and – you know, Tejado, those were the those were the teams that were tougher to beat. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we had a lot of good games against you guys up there and down here. And uh, you know, those are kind of the glory days for the franchises. I mean, you know, a lot of opportunities in the postseason around then. When I think of Shohei Otani, and there were scouts wondering if he could hit at the big league level when they were over there scouting him in Japan, it just blows my mind. Like, what were you guys looking at this guy? I mean, we're talking about somebody that's doing something that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. And right now, like, just just take June. Right now he has a 1,044 OPS in June. Just hit another home run yesterday against the Athletics. We are really looking, in your opinion, you played against some of the greatest players of all time. But pitching-wise and hitting-wise, I know it's very young in his career, but if he stays healthy, we're looking at one of the all-time greats already. Well, yeah, it is. And I, I don't think he's anything near what he's capable of being um, at the plate because, you know, he still gets exposed and he still has holes and he's still learning the league and things of that but um, that matter. But, you know, I, I think the one thing right now, because of, you know, the situation with his arm, um, yeah, he's working it out and trying to get in shape, but he doesn't have that split focus like he did last year. And I think he's able to put a little bit more into his hitting right now. I think this is going to be a real, you know, big year for him when we all look, you know, look back at his career saying, you know, it was an opportunity for him to, you know, really focus on hitting for one year and, um, and can, you know, put all his mental energies towards that. And, you know, and that's, that's been the biggest thing. I mean, everybody knew he could pitch at this level, but it was, you know, could he get up to speed on the hitting side of it? And, you know, when he's trying to pitch and do both of them, you know, he, he, he split definitely upstairs in his mind and, in his focus, and um, I think this year's just what we've seen in the last 22 games has been phenomenal. So next year, when he's able to pitch again, and my God, we've seen how legit he is as a pitcher, 
but he's a middle-of-the-order hitter. So it's like, how are you going to balance pitching and hitting? I know for me, if I was a fan, even on days he pitches, I want to see him in the lineup. Is it possible for him to do that to take on that kind of load? Uh, you know, I, I, they didn't do it like that last year, and I don't think they will. Um, there, there's just so much that goes into, you know, the preparation of being on the mound and facing a major league batting order. I, I think they'll always continue to um, just use them on one side of the ball and um, in those situations. And, you know, the Angels last year and, you know, this year and the next few years, I mean, they're going to have that situation with Albert Pujols looking to get him those DH at bats. And, and that's just a natural, you know, to – to put Albert in there when he's pitching. And, um, you know, it, 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 it is a little bit, you know, interesting to think, can, could he pitch and hit at the same time? But I just think over the course of a season, um, you might wear him down. Tim Salmon, World Series champion and Angels analyst for Fox Sports West, joins us here on A's Cast Live. And Mike Trout going to the All-Star game again and the list that he's on for guys at his age to be starting in the All-Star game for the sixth straight time. Uh, his is seven, but I saw it. It was like Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Rod Carew. I mean, every single time he steps on the field, it's like he's being compared to the all-time greats. When you watch him, do you just marvel at how good he is? You know, you do, and, and it's also one of those deals when you see it every day, you maybe start taking it for granted, <laughs> you know. Um, but the reality is, in some way, shape, or form, he has an impact in the game every single day. And, and I always try to put it in the perspective of some of the greats when I played. I mean, think of a Ken Griffey Jr. back in the day. Um, you know, Griffey was phenomenal. But, um, you know, Griffey went through his ups and downs, and there's, you know, those – there was those days that, you know, he wasn't a factor in the game. Um, not as many as, you know, most, but, um, but that's, that's where I, that's where I make the comparison to trout is that, you know, very rarely do you go I mean, you might go a day, you might go maybe two days, but that's about it before Mike, you know, starts making his presence presence felt again. And, and I think that's what's putting him in those categories among the all time greats. Have you ever seen a better low ball right-handed hitter than him? Um, well, yeah, back in our day, there's lots of low ball hitters, <laughs> but, um, you know, in, in today's game, it obviously stands out just because, uh, you know, the zone has been raised, but, um, I, I think Mike really would have benefited, you know, back in the day, um, maybe more so because pitchers pitch down in the zone and that's his strength. Uh, you know, I, I think if there's anything to say about, you know, some of his holes, I mean, I, I think it's been pretty well documented. You know, he, he has a little bit of kryptonite you know, up in the top part of the zone. But, uh, you know, he definitely is a definite, you know, uh, you know, stud when he goes to attack that, that pitch down in the zone. And, you know, that says a lot about his approach and using the whole field and trying to hit the ball back up the middle. And, um, you know, just it, from day one, that's the way he's always been. And just he's been phenomenal at it. Yeah, the guy going for the A's tonight, Mike Fires, 5-0 and with a 2.51 ERA in his last nine starts. He wants, I mean, he's not a blazing fastball guy. He's 90-91, but he wants to live up in the zone. It's interesting how this four-seam fastball has come back into vogue. We've been talking about a juice baseball, and now everybody wants to live with that four-seamer up in the zone. And we're seeing, Tim, we're seeing more and more less of that two-seamer that, that's dropping down. Well, and it's because the strike zones changed. They're not—they're not able to get that lower strike called for a, a strike, uh, that lower pitch called for a strike. And um, you know, to me, I, I don't understand it still because you know uh, most hitters 
their first inclination isn't necessarily swing at that pitch at that top of the zone. They don't not, they don't really want to hit it. And to me, the margin for error for the pitcher is huge. I mean, you know, you either hit that spot or if you miss it and it's a strike, it's an elevated fastball, <laughs> which plays right into the, you know, all the home runs that are being hit right now. I mean, you do want an elevated pitch as a hitter, um, making pitchers throw it up rather than throw it down at the bottom of the zone back like back in the day. I, I don't understand it necessarily. I, I get that there's some hard flamethrowers out there that can throw 95 to 98 and they got good spin and that ball, you know, rides. Well, that's great for those guys. But to me across, you know, the league, I mean, I don't know if there's enough of those guys. I still don't understand why there wouldn't be a, you know, mindset to still pitch down in the zone. Um, you're going to get ground balls and ground balls stay in the ballpark. <laughs> Yeah, and you mentioned the high-velocity guys. We see so many of them now coming out of the bullpen where, I mean, we got a couple of them. You know, it seems like every single night we're seeing guys coming out blowing 97-98. When did you start to see this influx in high velocity and went, wow, this is uh, facing these guys coming out of the pen is no day at the beach? Well, in my career, I mean, you know, and there's a there's, this is a whole deeper conversation, obviously, on some things because I think technology is able to um, is able to gauge the the speed a little bit differently today than it was back in the day. But I mean, if you threw 95 in our day, you were almost unhittable. I mean, Roger Clemens, you know, um, Troy Percival, Randy Johnson, the guys that threw 95, just you didn't see fastballs getting hit off those guys. And the UC guys throwing 95 to 97 and just getting tattooed. So it tells me one thing, either 95 and 97 isn't the same as what it was back in the day, or they're just, their command is so poor with it that they're just making, you know, mistakes out over the plate that guys can hit. And, um, and that was not the case, you know, back in the day, it seemed like, you know, you very rarely, even a ball over the plate, you were able to turn it around. So, um, but it, it definitely is, is something in the last five to 10, well, at least 10 years, I guess, um, you know, 2014, when pitching was so dominant, you saw a lot of guys coming out of the pin, you know, throwing gas. And, um, you know, those guys, you know, throwing gas, it's not it's not everything. I mean, as you can see now, there's, there's been a, uh, you know, a trend to throwing more curveballs and sliders, you know, especially in the count. You know, hitters are timed up to that fastball today, and, and it doesn't really intimidate them like maybe it did back in the day when we played. Well, let's end on this, and you get to see Shohei Otani take batting practice, and Mike Trout has said he would like to see Otani in the home run derby in Cleveland. How do you think Otani would do? Oh, he'd do great. I mean, he, he's he got such a, a nice uh, swing. I mean, he can elevate. He could launch. Uh, you know, he, he's got the long levers, you know, the long arms, and um, I've seen him during batting practice out here. You know, he effortlessly, you know, he hits them out the other way. So, I can imagine in a home run hitting contest with all the adrenaline flowing, um, he could probably put on a pretty darn good show. And I think it'd be awesome for the game of baseball. I mean, boy, can you imagine? Can you imagine the ratings over in Japan? Oh. <laughs> the ratings might be higher in Japan than they're here in the States. I mean, it would just be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we were just over there for uh, the last game for the great Ichiro Suzuki. Boy, they love baseball there in Japan. It's a lot of fun. Tim, thank you so much for coming on. We have so much respect for what you did in your career and what you did against the A's and continued success on television. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Tim Take Salmon, care. the former Angel. California Angel, Anaheim Angel, and Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I will never forget this. Literally, it was like five minutes before I'm going on to do the pregame show. 
I don't even remember what year it is, and I don't even know what, what we call We've had so many different names of pre-games and post-games and Jesus and all the names of all the Raiders shows that I've done. You know, no one just can have one name, right? It just can't be A's this. It's got to be A's talk, A's this, dugout show, blah, 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 blah. So one year, it's five minutes before I'm, like, going on, and all of a sudden, I get this. The PR guy for the Angels comes in. Because where, you know, now I'm in the treehouse. But years ago, I would do the pregame and the postgame from the visiting GM's box. I know I've told that story plenty of times where I've had to kick GM's out of their own box to say, hey, Dave Dombrowski was the famous one in 2012 when Coco had the walk-off on game four. Dombrowski and his cronies were hanging in there. And, and I've known him for years. He was the first GM I've ever interviewed. And I went in, and Mr. Dombrowski, I, I hate to tell you this, but – I need to do the A's postgame show, and unless you want to hear A's fans going crazy. And so he, I had to kick Dave, one of the greatest executives in the history of Major League Baseball, I had to kick him out of the booth. But So they brought me this sheet, and this sheet said, the Angels will no longer be using Anaheim. Just say Los Angeles Angels. And me being somebody that the personality I am, I dropped Los Angeles and just started calling them Anaheim Angels again. Just because you can hear me when I'm doing the pregame show, you can hear it everywhere. You can hear it in the elevator. You can hear it in the bathroom just to piss them off. Like, what does it matter? We don't care whether you're the Los Angeles Angels of whatever. You should just be the Disney Angels with your stupid rally monkey. Yeah, the rally monkey, by the way. So I was down there. I went down there on the road trip that was Anaheim, Texas, Tampa. They're still running that rally monkey out there, man. They're still making those dolls, and they still have – I mean, it's just – it's one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see at a professional sport. I don't remember how that thing got started, but they're still married to it. They're still they, – they – they, uh, I was – if you didn't hear the broadcast yesterday – I wonder if I have – I still have my notes in here from last night. So, in the broadcast, I kind of held back some of my best stuff because I knew the game wasn't great. I went and looked at the uh, giveaways because Ken and Vince always joke that every single time they're down there, the giveaway is Mike Trout. Like, why wouldn't it be? So they still had a Rally Monkey giveaway this year. But here are the Mike Trout giveaways. So it started with a Silver Slugger bobblehead for Mike Trout. Last night, actually, was cooler Mike Trout Cooler Backpack Night. Coming up here, we're going to have the Trout Hat. Oh, you got to get the trout duffel bag. Then it's the trout because they're right next to the Anaheim Ducks. The Duck Pond or whatever they call that arena. I can't remember what they call the Duck Pond. The Honda Center. Used to be the Duck Pond. Now it's the Honda Center. So it's a Mike Trout Ducks bobblehead because you got to give them the hockey bobblehead. Then they have the Mike Trout jersey. And then, of course, everybody's favorite because if you don't have this, the Mike Trout oven mitt. <laughs> They're finding every possible way to give away something that's Mike Trout. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, when you're paying a guy $435 million, you're going to try and leverage that for all that you can get. Yeah, and I had that list. I don't even know where that list is now. But guys that have started at least six. Oh, I think I got it. Guys who have started at least six All-Star games before turning 28. How's this list? Tell me if this is a list you'd like to be on. And Mike Trout's now done it seven times. He's been elected seven times. He's not even 28 years old yet. But here's the list 
start at least six All-Star games before turning 28. I think you might have heard some of some of these guys. It's Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Rod Carew, Ken Griffey Jr., Pudge Rodriguez, and now Mike Trout. What do all these guys have in common? They all got a plaque in Cooperstown, and that's exactly where he is going to go. Commander Cody has actually written down one of the dumbest questions I have ever heard, and then the more I started to think about it, he may be on to something. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com slash premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. 
So I'm putting together a bunch of A's on filters because we're going to be going on the All-Star break. So upcoming A's on filters, you're going to hear Jim Palmer, Scott Boris, Logan Davidson, and the mayor of Oakland, Libby Schaff. Then we're going to have one dedicated to a little bit to the MLB Network where you're going to hear from Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, Chris Rose, Ryan Stanick, who stopped by, along with Trey Mancini, the opposition stopping by our set that's on the field at the Coliseum. If you haven't seen it, it's incredible. We're right, ne- right there next to the A's dugout. The best ac- access you're going to see in the big leagues. And then I'm going to put one together that we're going to have Dr. Wills, the astrophysicist who broke down the baseball, Mark Langston, the great San Jose State Spartan and great angel, Expo, Mariner, and then we'll throw Tim Salmon on there. I'm sure we'll get a couple more. So during the All-Star break, we're going to have a ton of A's on filters running. I can guarantee you that. So in our pregame notes, well, actually, you know what? This isn't the dumbest thing you've done today. You actually put out a poll, Commander Cody, saying whether you should do a man bun or not? That's correct. I was sitting at home last night, and I was just curious because my hair started to get a little long, and usually I keep it shorter. So I had my girlfriend, Dina, tied up in a, in a hair tie and, and do a uh, quote-unquote man bun. And I thought to myself, I always used to ridicule people for having a man bun, but now I looked at it and I was like, maybe I should go with this. And then I put the poll up on my Twitter account, should I do the man bun? And uh, right now people are voting heavily no. So we'll see. But I think that you brought up the trout thing saying how they, it could be the dumbest thing I wrote down. And I said, no, I think that t- the poll I put on Twitter might be the dumbest thing I've done all day. Okay, if you show up to the A's road studio in a man bun, you will not be allowed in, and you're going to have to drive to the Jack London Square offices to produce this. You will not be allowed in this studio with a man bun. Is that, is that a lifetime ban? Like- and I will take back the $400 air conditioning I got for you for, for your tough working conditions. All right. Uh, so we got – I'm going to let the people on Twitter vote for those. Like if they if – they, if they, I mean, they have their say. It's like the All-Star game voting process. If they voted, I, I have to do what the people want. But right now it's, it's, a, it's a whelming uh, no. If we could take phone calls, I would throw – it's a great segment on radio. I can't be friends with a guy if. Okay. <laughs> I can't be for, and you could actually throw that. I forget we got the text line at five one zero eight nine seven one three two two. I can't be friends with a guy who wears a man bun. I just couldn't be friends with a guy. Well, we got about twenty three hours left on the poll, and we'll see what the people decide. I would take that down. That's embarrassing. No, nope, that's okay. If you want to vote at Cody underscore Elias, I cannot be friends with a guy if. And one of those would be if he has a man. I can't, I can't walk around with a guy who's got a man bun. We should do that as a weekly segment every week. Just I got a billion of these talk radio stupid little things you throw out there. I know. I've, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've, are you kidding me? I, I wish we could still do Make the Call, but you know, obviously we can't do that right okay, now. Okay, the greatest game in radio is my game Make the Call, but it's not any good unless you can call in. So until we get off this millennial, until Joey can get his millennial technology be able to take phone calls, uh, we can't play make the call. But your question is, and I saw it, and I just want to say, is Mike Trout actually hurting baseball? I mean, that's the dumbest question. How is Mike, Mike Trout's hurting baseball? That's just ridiculous. But then as I go down the notes a little bit more, it makes me think, you know what? 
You remember when that guy, Michael Jordan, was in the slam dunk contest? It changed everything. Dr. J in the slam dunk contest? I mean, that, I mean, that made Kobe Bryant, All-Star Weekend, Dominique Wilkins. Dominique against Michael Jordan literally is one of the great sports events if you go back. And if you're not old enough to remember, you can go watch it on YouTube. You know, since then, All-Star Weekend for the NBA has truly jumped the shark. There's only so many dunks. But Dominique Wilkins, the high-flying Dominique, up against Michael Jordan, and these athletes in their prime was priceless. Was pri- and and it, it helped lift the game. Larry Bird in the three-point contest did it multiple times. So, you know what, Cody? I take it back. Here you have this guy that everybody's saying is the best player in baseball. He's the best guy. But he's not going to participate in in an event that that would be great for baseball. To say, okay, who are the best players in the game and hit home runs? Home run derby. I went to home run derby in 1992. I'm actually going to look this up. I was back in San Diego. San Jose State was obviously done. It was summertime. And I used to play in the uh, – I used to play in a 1992 home run derby. So I used to play in a Major League Baseball-sponsored league that where, you know, there's a lot of – obviously there's a lot of draftable talent down in San Diego. And it was all the guys coming back from college – and played in this wood bat league where there were scouts everywhere. Unfortunately, they didn't see the greatness in me. I don't know why they didn't see that. But, yeah, everybody that basically, everybody, everybody who was playing it was a prospect, right? And it was a wood bat league, and the wood was sponsored by, the wood was given to us by, uh, by, Major, league ba- by Major League Baseball. I loved pitching in it, by the way. I absolutely love it. I mean, all of a sudden, because when I played in college baseball, we played in the juice bat era where guys could hit the ball off the – you could jam a guy, and it was a joke. They could hit the ball at the ballpark. Guys were using, like, 35-inch bats that were 29 ounces. It was a joke. And then all of a sudden, now we're playing against wood bats? Oh, my God, you're breaking a bat all day long. Mark McGuire was the winner, Oakland Athletics Mark McGuire, in 1992. I'm trying to get the list because it was Bonds. It was Piazza. I mean, it was a star. All, all All-Star games are star-studded. Find that list. I can't find it. Home Run Derby 1992. But that's when Home Run Derby was phenomenal. I mean, it was everybody got 10 outs. It wasn't rounds. You didn't go round after round after round. Josh Hamilton breaking the record for most home runs in a round and still doesn't win. I mean, it was a joke. But back then, you got 10 outs. Do you have the list? Get to Tell everybody the list. And all these guys would have been Hall of Famers if it wasn't for the steroid era. We got Mark McGuire, Ken Griffey Jr., Joe Carter, Cal Ripken from the AL, and the NOA. All-stars. They're all-stars. Larry Walker, 
Gary Sheffield, Fred McGriff, and Barry Bonds. All stars. All those guys were stars. It was incredible. And it was 10 outs. Once you got 10 outs, whatever your score was, what did, what, what did McGuire end with? Uh, it just says 12 home runs. So, yeah, he had 12 home runs. Nobody had to win. Yeah. Like 12 home runs the entire – well, obviously – It's, it's one round. Oh, it was only one round then? Yes, okay, it yes. was one round. It was great. It was one round. Everybody got up there and you got 10 outs. How many home runs can you hit before you have 10 outs of not hitting the ball at the ballpark? And McGuire dominated and had 12. Fitting Barry Bonds only at two. I thought Piazza was in it, but that might have been Piazza stopped doing it because he struggled. He hit zero the next year when it was at Camden Yards. Is that yeah? Because yeah. I remember all of a sudden he was like, "I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore." That's hard to believe. Bonds only had two. McGriff had three. Sheffield had three. Oh, Sheffield had four. Larry Walker only had four. McGuire must hit more than the entire National League combined. What was the what, what was the year? Was it in Pittsburgh or what was the year Griffey went off? Uh, yeah, Griff- well, Griffey won with seven in 94, Three Rivers. Okay, yeah, he won in Pittsburgh. Three Rivers Stadium. God, the old school. Griffey in 1998 at Great Course Field hit 19 home runs. He had eight in the semifinals, three in the finals, eight in the first round. See, that doesn't ca- that's, that's bogus. I hate this. Like that, it, and then they drag it, and then all the years having to listen to Chris Berman. Oh, my God. It's like, back, 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 back. Oh, couldn't watch anymore. That's the problem. They, they, they've tried to they've tried to trick up the All Star game, and it, it really has changed the All Star game to where at times it's like it's 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 not the All Star game used to be great because what do you you got Bobby Abreu at how many? Bobby Ray hit forty one in two thousand five. Remember he hit twenty four in the first round of Comerica. Twenty four in the first round. He hit forty one total. That's and then fell off the planet in the second half for the Phillies. Yeah, like he lost a stroke and it was terrible. That's what that's all he's. Oh, arguing. this is right in the steroid era. Look at these guys. It's Big Poppy, Andrew Jones. <laughs> oh, Jason Bay's in there. Great. Oh, yeah. But the All Star Game used to be great because it was a game. It truly was a real game. You're playing a real game, and these guys cared about winning. They cared the National League and the American League really wanted to beat each other, especially when you go back. You know, if you go back in the days where, like, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron were playing the entire game, or you talk about what was the one in the famous one, Detroit 71, where Reggie hit the light tower, and you had all those Hall of Famers, they wanted to win. And it was a game that no one wanted to be embarrassed and it's still, while all these other games, whether it's the Pro Bowl or the NBA All-Star Game or it's hockey, they don't play the real game. Well, in baseball, you still play the real game. Guys are getting up there blowing 90-something miles an hour, and as a hitter, you don't want to be embarrassed. You you, you don't want to look bad. I mean, the whole selfie thing, I don't care, but that's fine. If they want to, but, I mean... Home Run Derby used to be something that I had to watch. Now, I don't even watch it because it takes forever. ESPN got involved. They overthink it. And by the time you get to the final round, I mean, how long is it now? I mean, it used to be a perfect time. Everybody got 10 outs. Who had the most? You're the winner. How about McGuire the one year at Fenway Park up against Jim Tomei? 
and then Griffey hit one. That's when you knew, wait a minute, Griffey hit that ball at Fenway Park, like in right field off the wall that no one's ever hit it there before, and that's when people started to realize, and Big Mac's launching them over the, over the monster. I think that's when people started to realize, I think they're using a different ball. I think they're using a juiced ball. When Griffey's hitting it where no one has ever hit it before in home run derby, like has never hit it before in BP, that ball they say that Griffey hit at Fenway Park. Like no one's ever hit it there. There's not a human being that's ever hit it there. But they were using smaller balls. They're basically using super balls. And we wonder if that's what's going on right now. I know I should take credit for this. Every good host brings it back to himself. But I'm not going to take credit for this. I was sent an email yesterday that brought up a really, really, really good point about the Oakland Athletics. After he had Dr. Meredith Wills on, astrophysicist who's broken down the ball and written the unbelievable article on the athletic. And... Once I started reading this email, it's one of those things where you go, God, why didn't I think of that? You want to think that you think of everything. No, I don't think of everything. And I got to go look to see who sent me the email. And I responded to that email by saying, that's a terrific point. You can actually email me if you'd like to my A's email, which is ctownsend at athletics.com. But this email, and I'm trying to see who sent this to me. It might explain some things. But we really haven't thought about Russell sent it to me. We haven't probably really thought about this. How the ball is really affecting everybody other than home runs. We just think of the home runs. Scott Emerson has put the challenge to me to find out if the bat's juiced. And he made great points, and you can hear that on A's Unfiltered running right now on A's cast, going, we don't see broken bats that much anymore. How scary was that broken bat yesterday with Marcus Simeon? Justin Upton hit that in the third inning where the bat became like a spear, and it was going towards Marcus Simeon round and round and popped up, and Simeon, I mean, I don't know exactly how close it is, I mean, we can ask him when uh, Simeon gets back into town, but it had to buzz his tower. I mean, that thing was like a second impale you. That was like a sharp spear. And he moved his head, and Upton would end up getting a base hit. That's the kind of stuff we see now that we didn't see before. The bats are so solid, they don't break as much. So are we also dealing with a juiced bat? Scott Emerson thinks so. That's why he wants me to investigate. But the point that was made yesterday, I think, is a really, really good point when looking at the athletics and this new baseball. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. 
To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Coming up here at the top of the hour, we'll have the TV voice of your Oakland Athletics, G. Kite. Glenn Kuyper will join us from the Big A in Anaheim, making his debut on A's Cast Live. Commander Cody's girlfriend, lovely girlfriend, is an Angels fan. And she just said, oh, yeah, there's another thing they're doing because we gave you all the giveaways, trout giveaways. They're also doing a promo, $27 tickets. Why? Because he's number 27. Milking this dude like you wouldn't believe. I'd do the same, too. I'd be milking him even more. So yesterday, Dr. Meredith Wills, astrophysicist here in the Bay Area, she's been responding to the article that she wrote on The Athletic just talking about how the ball – Today's baseball in 2019 is different than it's ever been. And the seams are smaller. The leather is slicker. And the ball is just tight. It's super tight. 
but it passes. It's passing. It's basically pretty much the same material. So it's passing the specifications. But what happens is, is when you're, and I'm not faulting Rawlings, by the way. You know what Rawlings has done? They've made the better ball. Guys complained that the seams were too high was causing blisters, so they changed it. I keep comparing it to golf. Golf kept making their equipment better, and all of a sudden the PGA Tour and the USGA, and they had to go, hey, listen, you got to scale back. These guys are in it too damn far. We can't make courses long enough. Well, that's what's happened with baseball. They just made the base. It's a better baseball. It's more round than ever before. It has less flaws. So we know the ball is flying further than ever before, and they're going out more than ever before. But I asked Meredith Wills, the astrophysicist, I asked her, okay, it's affecting pitchers, and it's affecting pitches. What is exactly is it affecting? Well, they're throwing more sliders than ever before. What pitches would you mm-hmm. say are, are affected the most by this new ball? I do know that, that there. It, what it seems to have to do with is there are – it's interesting. Early in the season, certainly, you did hear about people's sliders having problems. So, you know, those are kind of the numbers that I've looked at because people have been figuring out how to compensate since then. But being caught off guard and working with, okay, this is how I've pitched my entire life, and now I've been handed a ball that's unlike anything I've ever seen and you want me to throw it, uh, sliders were absolutely being affected. Uh, that's the big one I've heard. I've heard a little with two-seam fastballs. Uh, the, the one that I heard that was not much affected was actually four-seam. But otherwise, it seems to just be kind of spin-related and, again, pitcher-dependent. But things like early in the season, walks were up, hit-by-pitches were up, wild pitches were up. So league-wide, there were issues with control. And that was kind of, as much as anything, that's that's the problem. You know, the ball wasn't going where the guys wanted it to go. You don't throw a wild pitch on purpose. There you go. And then that's why it was brought to my attention after the interview in an email that said, is this what's affecting Trinan and Trevino? As they, you know, when we had them on Ace Cast Live, and they talk about playing catch together. And one of their weapons is, A, the ability to throw the cut fastball at very high velocity. For Blake Trinan to sink the fastball. Well, clearly, both these guys have really struggled this year. How much of it is the new ball? Because you look at, like, well, compared to last year to this year, there's a difference. But yet, Bob Melvin keeps telling us the numbers are the same. Now, what they're not going to tell us is spin rate, spin efficiency. They're not going to do that. Bob's not going to give up that info. But they know that info. Heck, everybody in baseball knows the info. And, I mean, Trinan has really struggled throwing strikes with that bowling ball, two-seam fastball. To where, look at what's happened around the league. And one of the best guys to look at, or really two of the best guys to look at, 
are on the Houston Astros. Garrett Cole came through the Pirates system. The Pirates have gone old school for years saying, pound the strike zone with two seamers, want it down in the zone, down in the zone. Astros pick him up and go, no, 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 no. Look at what we did with Verlander. Pound the top of the strike zone. That's where you want to live. Four-seam straight fastball. We were always taught, everybody was taught, pitch down in the zone, pitch with movement. Now, these guys are four-seam fastball up in the zone. It's now being called by umpires. And that's how you can defeat launch angle. As Tim Salmon said, the former Angel outfielder who we just had on here on Ace Cast Live, if there is some kryptonite for Mike Trout, it's up in the zone. And there was also a very good article today about the struggles of Bryce Harper. Like, his season's not bad, but it's not, you know, when you sign a guy to that kind of money, you're expecting the all-world numbers, like when he was the MVP. And you're not getting those numbers. And Mike Petrello of MLB.com, and you can go read this article, broke down what's happening with Bryce Harper. Number one is Bryce Harper loved to, loved to hijack people, get all over him. He loved swinging at the first pitch. And a lot of his home runs have been off the first pitch he's seen for a pitcher. Here you go. Harper has hit 198 home runs in his career. And the count with the largest number of them, 45, or nearly 23% of the home runs he's hit in the big leagues, has been on the first pitch. He ambushes you. And of the 45 first-pitch homers he's hit in his career, 29 of them, or nearly two-thirds, have come on a fastball. So for, for the crowd that says, don't swing at the first pitch, and I wish I had time. The other night, we got done. It was a Monday night. We got done, and I went to the gym. Don't laugh. I went to the gym. I got to get in beach shape. We got the, got the beach house coming up here during the All-Star break. It's not easy to do. I don't think I'm ever really going to be able to get back into that beach shape. Just going to be fat guy on the beach. It is what it is. So I'm on the pre-core, and I, and I changed the TV to the MLB network, and they had guys swinging at the first pitch this year. I literally did not have time to get my phone to my camera to put it up and take a picture of the stat, and we can't find it. That's the thing about the MLB network. They've got all these crazy stats that they've got research departments, and unless you're taping it, you can't go back and find it. It's like it's up and it's gone. It's like, oh, that was golden. Guys this year are hitting over 300. Guys swinging at the first pitch. And they had like the breakdown of the OPS and all that kind of stuff. First pitch, I mean, you get a fastball. It, guys trying to groove and get a strike. And you want to come out of your shoes? Do it. I know the old philosophy. See as many pitches as you can. Blah, 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 blah. Someone gives you a cookie. Bryce Harper's taking care of that in his career. 
But now people aren't doing that anymore because they know. And they know the other flaw in his swing. He can't hit the four-seam fastball up and up and away. Really up and in. They have a chart of just uh, of, of the strike zone, different parts, and how where he, where, he, where he is successful and isn't. And the fastball that is up pretty much anywhere in the zone, he has not made a career adjustment. And now every pitcher is attacking Bryce Harper up. Four-seam fastball up. Trout, four-seam fastball up. You have the ball down in the zone. These guys crush it. And that's the adjustment that we talk about in baseball. Everybody is constantly adjusting. The game is constantly changing. Well, as as pitchers went to two-seam fastballs that were moving down, the great hitters adjusted to that and started smoking it. So what did pitchers do to adjust to the Bryce Harpers and the Mike Trouts of the world? They realized we need to, with launch angle becoming, you know, in vogue, how do you defeat launch angle? You got to pitch up in the zone. Guys don't have great launch angles when the ball's up in the zone. So now, what what are the hitters? If the umpires are calling the four-seam straight hard fastball, if they're calling that up in the zone, what do you do as the adjustment? How does Harper adjust? Trout numbers are still stupid. I mean, I you want Trout's numbers recently? Mike Trout, in the he's got an 11 game on base streak. So the last 11 games, he's hit 409, four home runs, 13 RBIs, scored 10 runs, and an OPS of 1,217. Yeah. So okay, he may have a little bit of a weakness, but it ain't it. But for 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 Bryce Harper. It's far different, and he's got to figure out how he's going to make that adjustment because if he doesn't make the adjustment, that is all he's going to see throughout the entire year. Challenging you up with fastballs, and what happens is you start looking up in the zone. Now you start throwing sliders, split, or change to him. He's swinging right over the top of it, no chance. Coming up next, we're heading to Anaheim. Game two of the four-game set between the Athletics and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Glenn Kuyper, the TV voice of your Oakland Athletics, G. Kuyper, is going to join us right here on A's Cast Live. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Day, visit athletics.com premium today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. 
Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com groups. Athletics.com groups. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. So you have multiple websites that do predictions and 538.com updates it every single day i know fangraphs has theirs but these are the guys that like predict actual like presidential elections and stuff they've been pretty money over the years 538 right now has the a's they update it every day they have the a's finishing at 85 and 77 tied with the milwaukee brewers they have their run differential at plus 53 at the end of the year. Percentage to make the playoffs is 18%. Win the division, 5%. And more importantly, win the World Series, 1% chance. Leader in the clubhouse on everything, obviously, is the Dodgers right now with the year they're having. They're projected to win 105 games, so it'd be 105-57 record. A run differential of 215, plus 215. 99% chance to make the playoffs, 99% chance to win the World Series, and the highest 24%, excuse me, 
99 and 99 for make the playoffs and win division. World Series is 24%. The next closest team is the Yankees at 16. And we now head down to Anaheim. He's the TV voice of your Oakland Athletics. Glenn Kuyper joins us from the Big A. How are we doing, Glenn? Good, Uncle. How are you? I'm doing spectacular, and we've been talking about it today. It's like, I hate to say it, but it's like the A's are catching the Angels at the wrong time. Is like Stella's getting her groove back. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, actually, I was, you know, it's a pretty good lineup the Angels have now that everybody's healthy. Uh, although tonight Upton's not going to play and Simmons is not going to play. But, uh, yeah, you know what? You may be right. You know, they've they've won five in, or they won four in a row, and, and they're starting to think that, uh, you know what, they may be – you know, contender for this wild card stuff. But, uh, you know, that's all right. It makes the game more fun. Um, it's always pretty good games down here because, you know, you beautiful weather, nice ballpark, A's and Angels, trout running around. Uh, so I like coming down here doing games. And you know what? If the Angels are, are competitive and they're going to nip at the heels of the A's a little bit, you know what? That's all right. just makes the games more interesting. No doubt about it. And every single time I see Shohei Otani, I'm just – I marvel at it now because we saw the electric arm. Obviously, Tommy John surgery, we won't see it till next year. We had Tim Salmon on earlier where Tim said this could really benefit him as a hitter because now he's going to be hitting every single game. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, you got a guy that could be an ace and a legit middle-of-the-order hitter We've never seen something like this. You've never seen something like this in your career, have you? Yeah, no. Well, I saw Babe Ruth play, you know, so <laughs> that was, you know, he was pretty good. Uh, you know what? I, I agree with you, Tony. He's, you know, what's funny with with Otani and Ray and I talked about it last night. You know, he can really look bad on some pitches, right? Funky swing, you know, chasing balls out, but but that's you know that's that's just sort of his style. But man, he has terrific bat speed ball really jumps off his bat. He drives the ball out the other way. Um, he's very special. I mean, offensively and, and, you know, when he gets healthy and gets back out there on the mound, this is a, this is a must-see guy, you know, and, and uh, you know, he missed 34 games to start this season. But, in fact, he's, as we speak, he's taking batting practice right now, and he's just ripping balls to left center field over the wall. Um, he's special. He's special, and you know what? Again, he's fun to watch. I enjoy watching him play. I hope he doesn't do well against the A's. Unfortunately, he has this year. But as a baseball fan, like you are as well, he's he's a special he's a special talent, and uh, the A's are going to have to deal with him for for a long time. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and the one thing that we're now talking about today is God. I'd love to see him in the home run derby. Yeah, yeah, no, and I I think he said that he probably would. Although I don't know that he's he's going to maybe do it this year, but um, yeah, he would he would be he'd be great to watch. Um, but there's just a the, the ball comes off his bat with that with that special sound, and not all guys have that. Chris Davis has it, Olson has it, Chapman has it, but not every guy in every lineup has that sound. He definitely does. So since the no hitter on May seventh for Mike Fires, he's five and zero with a two point five one ERA in his last nine starts. What have you seen in Fires that's different now than what he than when he was struggling? Well, I, I don't I don't know that anything necessarily jumps out, Tony. Um, you know, he did he had a stretch in April. Uh, it, 
where where he got knocked around for a while. But but listen, this is this is what Mike Fires does. You know, I mean, he listen, he's not Justin Verlander, but he's a very good starting pitcher, and he's going to have stretches where he scuffles a little bit, and then he's going to have stretches where he's very good, and and he's just in a prolonged stretch where he's been very very good. You're right; he has not lost a game since May first. And the next start after that was, as you said, that no-hitter. And then he's just been rolling ever since. And, and with the, you know, the, there's there's a little uncertainty, you know, with this rotation. Um, he's been a godsend knowing that he takes the ball every fifth day and goes out there. And, and same thing with Brett Anderson. Uh, you know, and it, you have to have guys like that no matter what your rotation looks like. And especially with the A's because, you know, what happened to Montas in, in – you know, guys kind of coming up and go back and forth. And so the stability that Fires has brought, I think, has probably been just as important as the fact that he's won seven games and, and is on quite a roll. You know, you mentioned Verlander, and I don't care how good a year you're having, everybody's giving up home runs. Verlander, yeah, yeah, you're right. Verlander's given up 21 home runs. I mean, this is one of his best years. He's already given up 21 home runs. He only gave up 28 last year. I know fires and fires, as we said, he's having a very good year. He's given up 15. Um, but you're right. It is, it is just part of the deal now. I, I agree with you. Get, no matter how good you are, you're going to give up home runs. Everybody's hitting home runs. Guys are hitting the ball at the ballpark. That's part of baseball right now. And so I think what you have to look at, Tony, is maybe not, you know, total home runs that a guy's given up, but, you know, is he giving up three run shots? When's he giving them up? Are they meaningless home runs? So you almost have to start looking at that the who and what of, of home runs as, as opposed to just how many a guy has given up. And Fires has done a pretty decent job, you know, not giving up, you know, big home runs. Um, but it's just it's giving up the long ball is just part of the deal now in baseball, and I don't know that that's going to change for a while. So you're down in Anaheim, and David Force gets on the phone, and he gives you a call, and he goes, Glenn, what do I need to do here before the trading line? What is really going to be the most beneficial thing for the athletics before the trade line? What would you tell the GM? Oh, boy. It's a, you know what? It's a great question. It's a fun question. Um, I think the A's have an advantage where they know that, that Lazardo's going to be up soon, and he's going to go into the rotation. Uh, Manaya is going to be back. We're not sure when with Manaya. You have the option of getting AJ Puck and maybe putting him in the bullpen. But I, you know, listen. I still think you need a. I think you need a starter and a reliever. I think you need two guys. And I would call right across the bay to our good friend Farhan, and they got a starter who's pretty good. They got some relievers who are pretty good. They're old friends, Farhan and David, and. Go to lunch and see if you can work something out. How about that? Oh, you think about the Cold War that was all these years of Brian Sabian <laughs> and Billy Bean. And, and, and it, now, it now seems like, you know, Farhan and Bean and Forrest are all so close. I could actually see that finally thawing, and it would be interesting to see yeah. an A's-Giants trade. Hey, I think, you know what? I mean, and listen, because you know, the Giants are in a down stretch, they're usually a team that's that's – that's picking up guys, but, but they actually have some chips that are attractive. They have three pretty good relievers in Watson, Smith, and Dyson. And I know this for a fact that teams are very interested in those three guys. And, and of course you got Bumgarner. So they have, they just happen to have 
things that the A's certainly could use. Now, whether a trade happens, I don't know. But but the, the interesting thing is is that the A's are buyers. The Giants are sellers, which it's usually the other way around. And they have what the A's need. So uh, I don't think it's out of the question. And I, I, I would guess that they will have conversations. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure Farhan is going to take best deals. Just give me your best deal. But I think he is going to trade those guys. And I would love to see it. I think it'd be great. I think it would be great. And, and it just is that, that, that I think the A's need a starter and a reliever. Yeah, Farhan has even talked about trading in division with the Dodgers, so he's willing sure. just to take whatever's yeah, best. And and I think yeah. about I think about Bumgarner. His numbers this year aren't great. His last start was good, eleven strikeouts, six with the curveball. But what stock would you put in him going forward? How much do you think he's got left as an elite guy? I don't know that he's elite. Um but I think there's still a fair amount left in the tank. I mean, he's not that old, but he's throwing a lot of you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of throw in that arm, but I think he's he's still a pretty good pitcher. I don't know that he's a one. I think he's probably a two or a three. Um, and he does have, you know, there's a fire burning. We all know that, and, and we know what he's done in the postseason. So, I, you know, I, I I think I think they'll get a nice player in return for him. Um, I don't know that they're going to get a major haul. Um, and you know, in, in talking to scouts and baseball people they think that they'll get as much for will smith as they will for bumgarner which i think is interesting um but would would it be nice to to slot maybe the big left-hander in there with you know lazardo and fires and manaya and all these guys these are going to get back in august and september heck yeah i think it'd be fun and we have now seen, and it's kind of been the trend over the years, you know, back in the day, like when when, when you first started, it was, ah, oh, the trading deadline, you got to go get that ace for the postseason. Now it's like, yeah. I got to load up on the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point, Tony. I think that is, well, first of all, you, if, you know, to go get an ace, I mean, first of all, how many aces are going to be are going to be on the trade market, right? I mean, not that many. I don't think there is one this year. And you're going to have to give up the farm system for that. So I, I do think relievers are a little easier to acquire. Um, and you're right now. Now with the way things are going, especially in the postseason, you know, you almost think about let's get three starters and let's get eight or nine relievers, and and that's the way we're going to go into the postseason. So I, I agree. I think teams probably look at quality quality bullpen arms first. And then, okay, if we can add a starter, fine. But like, there's just not, you know, Verlander was a difference maker a couple of years ago. I don't know that there's really anybody out there that, that's anything like that from a starter standpoint. Let's end on this. You played minor league baseball, and, you know, when you look at the AAA stats now, because they're using the big league baseball, I mean, the hitters, I mean, their numbers are so inflated. And then you look yeah. at the pitchers, and their numbers are so bad. How do you judge what's going on at AAA? Yeah, I think uh, it, it is. You know, it's always been that way, and it's probably worse now. Um, so, you know, sometimes you, you you almost look to see how they're doing in AA. You know, that that may be a better barometer, but but um, it is tough. And, and, and I think it may be even more difficult to evaluate hitters with big triple-A numbers than it is pitchers. You can see if a pitcher's got good stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very difficult. I think it's one of the tougher jobs for a GM because you know what happens, Tony, is you get 
the guy that's hit 15, 18 home runs in AAA, and you get him up, and then he doesn't do anything at the big league level, and you send him back down, and you know what happens? They, 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 uh, and all of a sudden, it makes it really difficult on the organization. makes it difficult on the manager when you bring that guy up because he's got great numbers in AAA, and then he doesn't perform at the big league level. Um, so it is very tough. Um, that's why you can only put so much stock in what guys are doing in AAA. Uh, but listen, if you know the if, if you know the talents there, and then the numbers start to come, you probably have a decent player. You know, like Mateo in AAA with the A's. You know that there's a guy like that's got immense talent, and now his numbers are really big in AAA. But the chances are he's he's a pretty pretty good player. Um, but that is, that is a, it's a dilemma for everybody involved for scouting departments. And, uh, you know, that's why we just, we talk on TV and the radio, Tony, we don't have to make decisions like that. <laughs> they're playing, right? w- they're playing wiffle ball in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, they are. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, buddy. Have a good call. We'll be watching on NBC sports, California. All right. Thanks, Tony. And good luck. And, uh, we'll try to get you a win tonight. All right. Thank you very much. The great Glenn right. Kuyper right here on A's cast live. Really one of the coolest He's one. It's legit. It's legit. He's really one of the coolest guys. I love G Kipe. I've been around G Kipe, you know, because back in the day, you remember it was Fox Sports before he got the the gig with the A's doing the play by play, where he did, he did Warriors, he did Sharks. He was, you know, he was all over the place. So uh, I've known Glenn for many, many years, and what a great guy he is. Okay, two things we got to do. We got to do the what possibly could go wrong. And then we got to do what happens when a player figures out how to do a fastball. We'll do all that next right here on A's Cast Live. Looking to take A's Cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts, and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com looking for the latest on the ace minor leagues one of the latest additions to ace cast is the farm a look around the minor leagues with interviews updates and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors if you're a baseball fan and a parent you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears as a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. 
That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Rick Dempsey, former Oriole, is going to join us coming up here at 5.30. Think of his career. Two-time World Series champion, World Series MVP. And he's the host of Orioles Extra pre- and post-game. We're going to talk to him about his career and the Orioles are just, you know, how tough is it? You got all these guys that were great Orioles. Remember, we had Jim Palmer on the show, and these guys are just like, oh, my God, what's going on? I don't need they're, – they're, like, not even in a rebuild yet. I mean, when you're in rebuild, you you, 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 you get rid of everybody. Well, they still got some contracts there. Okay. We're going to play a little game called What Possibly Could Go Wrong. Starting with, their game has already started, right? Yeah, the game's already going. Check out this little nuggy nug I got for you. The Braves and the Mets are playing tonight. By the way, 209, is this a must-win series for the A's? This just popped up on my computer. No, it's not a must-win. I'd like to say every series is a must-win. But if you lose like three out of four here, you know, you're running into a really hot team. Okay, so if you don't know, the Mets, meet the Mets, meet the Mets, they stink. And they have, they have 20 blown saves on the year, 20, which is by far the most in baseball. No one's even close. So. What could possibly go wrong? The Mets pitching staff, seventh inning or later, they are either last or second to last in a lot of categories in the National League. Hitters off their bullpen, seventh inning or later, are hitting 268. That's 14th in the NL, 14 out of 15. On base percentage versus their bullpen, seventh inning or later, 351, also ranking 14th out of 15. How about slugging? They're dead last. They're giving up 461 slugging. And their bullpen already has given up 149 runs, 14th out of 15. Whose is worse? 
Who's given up the most runs in the National League? Their bullpen. Has to be the Nationals. Remember how bad the Nationals bullpen is? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Their ERA for a while was like over seven as a bullpen. Well, it's over six right now. Yeah, so it has it's all, it has to be them still because their, their bullpen has been a uh, we use this word a lot, but a dumpster fire all year long. So, Except for our guy Doolittle. So how about yeah? When we get him on, I'm waiting to see if he gets traded, and then whenever he gets traded to, we can have him on because uh, the A's don't play the Nats this year in interleague. So. Uh, I believe that he's in town in August for if he's so still you're holding back on Doolittle's what you're doing. Um, no, I tried getting him on for Pride Night, but he was busy. So we'll, we'll get him on. Don't worry, Do and I are close. I got him the unicorn fanny pack. He was really excited. All right, all right. Uh, right now the Braves lead the Mets three to one, and Degrom's on the mound. Oh, that is not good. By the All Star break, buying or selling Mickey Calloway will be fired. Buying or selling by the All Star break. Buying, I, I think. He, I think he's he he's he's got one foot out the door. He's got. I mean, this is this. So, how about the Braves? Their offense in the seventh inning or later. So, the Mets seventh inning or later bullpen awful. Where do the Braves rank in the National League? Seventh inning or later in 2019. This tells you why. What possibly could go wrong? Their batting average is 275. Number one in the National League. They're on base percentage, 359. Number one in the National League. They're slugging 502, seventh inning or later. Number one in the National League. They've hit 50 or more home runs. They've hit 50 home runs, seventh inning or later. Number one in the National League. They have scored 163 runs from the seventh inning on. Number one in the National League. So they're number one in everything, and the Mets are either last or second to last in everything. What possibly could go wrong in Flushing Meadows in the next couple days for the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets? The one thing the Mets have going for him, Pete Alonso hit his 28th home run on the day where he said he'd be in the home run derby. Is he going to be in home run derby? He is. So, so far we got him and Vlad Guerrero Jr., and I think Carlos Santana will be in it because it's in, the, it's in uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. So I think those are the three guys we have so far, and maybe maybe we'll see Otani hopefully get in it. But uh, your guy Austin Riley also has a has a two run homer off of Degrom. That's why it's three one Braves. Austin how many home runs does he have now? Thirteen home runs, thirty six RBIs. And how many games has he played he, in thirty yet? Uh, I think it's a little over thirty because for a while he had like nine home runs in eighteen games. So yeah, I think he's right around thirty ish games. I mean, he's on one of the greatest paces of all time. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and Otani in the in the in the home run derby, as Tim Salmon said, the former Angel earlier today. The ratings in Japan for that would it would be through the roof. They would flip out. In Japan, if he's in the home run derby, no one will sleep. I I, I now just want to see it just for what the the, the ratings would be over there. I don't know how they do their ratings, but I, I remember when Ichiro first came around, people stayed up all night long to watch him play for the Mariners. I, it would just absolutely be incredible to see Shohei Otani in the home run derby. Here's what Mike Trout said about him. He goes, I think he'd probably win. He's got some of the best power in the league. Obviously, this year it'd be different because he's coming off Tommy John. I mean, I want him to do it. I'm sure he wants to do it. I don't know if our trainers would, would like that. You're coming off Tommy John, you're going to take – Full hacks will it affect his swing. Will it affect his arm? Probably not. But we need him back throwing 105. 
It's not till next year. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. How about Christian Yelich? 2018 through 82 games. Hit 289, 11 home runs. You know, okay. Second half, winning him the MVP, 367, 25 jacks. And it really is how he has commanded the fastball. So far this year, 335, 29 home runs, 93 hits, 63 RBIs. What is his batting average versus the fastball? It's 365. Talk about a guy who's commanding the strike zone. You throw him fastballs, he crushes it. 365, by far the highest average of his career. 17 of his 29 home runs have come off fastballs. That's the thing. It's like nowadays you're going to see way more sliders. You're going to see way, you know, but when you get that fastball, you got to be able to command it. You got to be able to hit it when you have that opportunity. And that's exactly what Christian Yelich is doing. They talked about back in the day, they hoped he would maybe hit, when he was with the Marlins, that he'd maybe hit 20 home runs. They'd take 15. You kidding me? The pace he's on now? Unbelievable. It's been tough. I know what a tough season's like. I've done the pre and post for some rough A's years. I've done the pre and post for some rough Raider years. I've done the pre and post for some tough warrior years. I mean, really rough warrior years. So we want to check in with Rick Dempsey, the two-time World Series champion. And what is going on in Baltimore? We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627.
Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Are you kidding me? We're working our butts off and everybody's at happy hour up, up at Jack London Square. They're having a party at the A's office and we're here working. As Vince Lombardi once said, what the hell is going on around here? Which is really one of the great. We got to get that drop. It's really one of the great drops of all time. What the hell is going on around here? <laughs> oh man, they're doing happy hour and we're working. It was actually funny. Uh, Rick Dempsey's going to join us. Commander Cody was like, "Can can we be at the Jack London Square office and can we do happy hour?" I'm like, "How the hell are we going to do happy hour?" I still got to work till about midnight tonight. Talk about doing happy hour. Do we have him? Well, he's one of the great catchers of all time. What a career he had with the Baltimore Orioles and doing TV for the Orioles, a two-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP. He's in the Orioles Hall of Fame. The great Rick Dempsey joins us here on A's Cast Live. How are you, Rick? I'm good, man. How are you? I, I'm doing well, and, you know, we just uh, had the Orioles out here, and, and we had Jim Palmer on, and we were talking about, you know, the greatness of the Orioles back in the day, and just thinking about just the struggles that the Orioles are having, as we always knew of the Oriole way and the great players. Just how tough is it being around a ball club that's 22 and 58? Well, you ought to know. You guys have ruined baseball. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> With all the analytics and everything that's going on, I don't know that I know the game that much anymore. <laughs> oh, but no, it, yes, you're right. It's it's been such a struggle this year because we are head and shoulders into this um, rebuild with our ball club, and it has been a tremendous struggle. I, I, you know, I've been in this game for well over 50 years, and I've never seen a team struggle as hard as this ball club has right here. But you know, I, I like the, the manager. I like our coaching staff. I know these guys know what they're doing. It's just very, very tough to turn it around uh, at this point. I know the day is going to come when we start to look a little bit like the Oakland A's who started this, this kind of uh, approach, let's put it that way, this kind of approach. It's just going to take a while to do it. We've seen it through your ball club and a few other teams at the same time, and so – uh, you're making some of these other ball clubs pretty hungry at finding out how how we're going to make this all work. You know, the, the, it has been a real mess. Yeah, I think of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're they're like Moneyball on steroids with all the different things that they're doing. And I agree with you. There are times you look at the changes in baseball, and you really wonder. I, I get it from a standpoint of winning and losing games, but also how much fun is this brand of baseball for the average baseball fan? 
Well, you know, you've got the diehard fans that uh, that still think about the bunts, the hit and runs, uh, you know, the trying to play the one-run game a little bit more than it's been so far. Um, and it's just uh, I don't know that they've bought into it yet, especially here in Baltimore where it's always been about pitching and defense and mixing in guys like Brooks Robinson, Boog Powell, Frank Robinson, guys like that that – they, they carried the ball club, but at the same time, you look back at our pitching staffs, and it's been, um, you, you know, back, I don't know, it just seemed like the pitchers were head and shoulders above anything I've seen in baseball in a long time. With those catchers, ar- go ahead, uh, uh, Cody, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know, with, with those arms that, that, you, that you caught, I mean, you didn't need analytics with those arms. We had analytics. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody. We had analytics. The only thing that is different now is that the computer tells them what to do. Back in those days, Earl Weaver and George Bamberger told us what to do. This is how we're going to pitch this guy, the number four guy, the number five guy. We're not going to let this guy beat us in your order. So we'll pitch around him in tough situations and go to the next guy. There was more philosophy that was spoken and talked about before ball games than there is now. It's all computerized. And we're really, you know, let me just throw this in here ahead of what I'm saying is that we're really not full-fledged into it yet. We don't have the capacity right now and the people that a couple of the teams like yourself and uh, Houston Astros have had that really kind of uh, embellished uh, what's going on in, those, in your organizations analytically. We're just getting started uh, understanding the analytics and how to make it work drafting players and getting the kind of talent that you need to, to make a good challenge in your own division. I've always liked Chris Davis. Whenever we've had him on, he, he, he seems like a, a really good guy. How tough has it been to watch him go from one of the premier power hitters to a guy that really struggles just to make contact? You, well, you, you make a good point because uh, I love Chris. He's been my favorite player since he came here. I've always loved those power guys that really carry the ball club on their back. But – of all, I thought, and I prided myself in being one of the betters at being able to read hitters and read pitchers, especially the guys I were handle, I was handling and situational pitching. But Chris Davis has been a mystery to me for the last two years. I cannot understand what is going on with him now. Without going and asking, you know, the trainers and the general managers and the managers of of our organization what is happening with Chris Davis. I'm trying to figure it out on my own, and it's a mystery to me. I'm sorry to say I can't figure him out. Some days it looks like he's going to start swinging the bat, and other days I don't know what's going on in his mind where he can take three straight fastballs, whether it be fastball. I don't know why he's getting fooled by the fastball, you know, and uh, it – that's a mystery to me. He's been a rare, very rare player. I don't think in over 50 years that I've been involved with a game I've ever seen anything like this happen to anybody. 
The great Rick Dempsey, two-time World Series champion, World Series MVP, and Baltimore Orioles Hall of Famer joins us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. And we start talking about the home runs that are being hit in baseball and the amount of home runs that the pitching staff for the Orioles is giving up. You guys are on pace to shatter the record from the 2016 Cincinnati Reds. How do you explain that? Pitch selection. I really don't think our catchers have understood what it what it's all about. Staying away from the big innings, staying out of the power zones. It, it's uh, you know I I sit there and I chart every single pitch of every batter in in the game every night that I work, and I just don't understand why. Two strikes and no balls. We put the glove in the same spot 95 or 98% of the time. Um, it's too easy to, to, to calculate what you're going to get in those situations. Our pitchers are trying to learn how to pitch in the strike zone. They're behind in the count way too much. But before you can go anywhere else, they have to learn how to pitch out of the strike zone too. If you watch the Houston Astros the last couple of years, when they get ahead of a hitter, they don't give them anything really good to hit. They're not afraid to throw the breaking ball in the dirt outside the strike zone to see if the hitter will swing at it. Sometimes they'll do it two times in a row to see if you're going to get that entice that guy to take a swing at a bad pitch. That's what you call really good pitching. We're not there yet. We're having the tough enough time throwing the ball. We're throwing strike one. We're walking way too many batters, and you know, you guys all know what that means. My favorite saying, or both of that, nothing good happens after a walk, and it's amazing percentage-wise how many base hits and home runs are given up after a guy just walks the hitter in front of him. It's incredible those percentages, but you know, we learned. I learned by catching pitchers in the bullpen every second of the time I was at the ballpark where I wasn't in batting practice. I was in the bullpen warming up starters, relievers, anybody who would talk to me and tell me about what they wanted, what they looked for in a catcher, what kind of target they wanted, where they wanted it in certain situations. Let's talk game situation do you want the, you know, this guy to pull the ball? Where do we want him to hit the ball? And that is a part of catching that they don't teach anymore. Uh, they just put a guy on that knows how to put the equipment on by himself, and they make him a catcher. And it, it happened back in the Javi Lopez era when he came to the Orioles. Um, not much was there. He's a very good offensive catcher. But as far as calling a ball game and helping a pitching staff, you could tell why the Atlanta Braves kind of let him go. Great kid, no doubt about that. But they've got to know the game a lot better than they do. And one of my pet peeves about it is that I think catchers are starting to recede. They're going back farther and farther to get away from the backswing of the hitter when actually they ought to be going up closer and closer to the strike zone and let the swing be behind them. When a catcher catches too far back, you don't have a chance of getting the pitches on the corners called strikes because by the time it gets to their glove, it's out of the strike zone. And umpires don't see it 
as well as they should. If you get up there close, I used to be able to touch. When I pitched inside, I touched the left-handed batter on the knee with my right hand. And if I was inside on a right-hander, I could touch their knee with my glove. That told me I was where I should be positioned. So when I catch a pitch, maybe an inch or two off the corner, I could always make it look like it was a pretty good pitch and get them called strikes. Nowadays, they don't get those pitches called strikes. So I'm just, I keep telling general managers and people and the league office, you want to speed the game up? Move the catchers up closer. The starting pitchers will get to 100 pitches by the seventh inning, which will eliminate two pitchers from both teams coming in the game. It takes about 40 minutes for the managers to come out and change their pitchers, bring a guy in, warm him up, and then get off the mound. But nobody wants to listen to us old guys that kind of have a better idea about how to approach the entire situation. I'm sorry for talking so long. Oh, are you kidding me? We're loving this. And before we let you go, give us your thoughts on Adley Rushman, the, the number one pick out of Oregon State. Wow, I'm really excited about him. I was excited about Matt Wieters when he first came to our country. He wasn't the number one pick in the country, but he was a switch hitter. He had some power, you know. It didn't work out for him defensively. Uh, I don't know how much he was into the game when it came to putting the equipment on, but he was a decent offensive guy, and, you know, all of the catchers at that time were not doing Rushman seems like he has the whole program together. Number one in the country, good power, left-handed, right-handed, good solid contact hitter. He goes the other way. He's not afraid to use the whole field. He doesn't have the big ego where he has to get in batting practice and hit 15, 20 home runs. That's going to help. But he also talks a little bit, and I talked to his father uh, when we introduced him at the ballpark the other night, I, I wanted to talk to the dad because he said the dad was his coach, and he was a catcher ahead of time. I wanted to talk to him about his philosophy about catching. And, and he said the right things to me about, you know, game situation is very important. Working with all the pitchers is very important. The catchers today will not go to the bullpen and warm up starting pitchers in between starts and really find out where their release point is and how the breaking ball is breaking and trying to offer as much help as you can so that during the course of a game they can they can get a guy back on track a lot sooner but catchers today don't do that they wouldn't be caught dead in the bullpen if it wasn't game time or warming up they're never there so I mean, how do you learn? Those pitchers are like having 13 wives. you got to know every little bitty thing about them, and you don't want nobody else messing with them because you want to know what every pitch does in certain situations. And you've got to constantly be reinforcing the positive with those guys, even when they're throwing their in-between starts. So uh, we're losing a lot of the translation in the fact that they're not spending enough time together. Rick, you're absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for the time, and good luck the rest of the season. All right, you guys. All right. You better get that ball club of yours going. you got too many really good young players on your team. They all got all the positive stats, man. They, I'm, I'm expecting a big second half out of the Oakland A's. I predicted that. Thank God. We need that. All right. Take care, <laughs> Thank Rick. Thank you very much, fellas. Rick Dempsey, the legend. The Oriole way. What a catcher he was. Two-time World Series champion and a World Series MVP. You know, 
my my late father used to say, nothing good happens after midnight. Rick Dempsey, nothing good happens after a walk. And the pitching staff, it's like having 13 wives. <laughs> I love the old schoolers. I can't wait to tell Fosse that. Let's get to buying or selling. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Are you, are you at happy hour? Uh, I wish, but one day we'll get to happy hour. One day we'll be invited and we can actually make it to Did it. we even get invited? Uh, I got the invite. It was sent to your A's email that you that you check all the time. I check that all the time. All right, so we got about uh, three minutes here. So I'm gonna get, right. these are two I want to get to. Buying or selling this one, that Cody Bellinger is the best player in Major League Baseball under the age of 25. Bellinger's 23. Let me give you a list of some of the guys. You got Ronald Acuna Jr. is 21. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 20. Pete Alonso, who has 28 home runs, is 24. Fernando Tatis Jr. is 20. Carlos Correa is only 24. You got Glaber Torres at 22. Rafael Devers at 22. The list goes on and on. Shohei Otani is 24. Buying or selling, Cody Bellinger is the best player in baseball under the age of 25. Buying. No question. I mean... Look what he's doing this year. I mean, he's he's the entire package. Not only is he offensive, but he's leading the world to defensive runs saved. I mean, who's better than him offensively and defensively the entire package right now? Because he can do one thing Trout can't. Trout doesn't throw that great. That's all. Yeah, that's always been his biggest knock because he doesn't have a good arm. Bellinger's got a hose. Bellinger can do it all. There's nothing he can't do. And it's crazy because this is a guy that got benched in the World Series. That just shows you your analytics. There's times where you can go off the reservation with analytics, not having Cody Bellinger. But then again, though, he's a different player than last year. If you want to give the Dodgers a little love, he changed his swing to be better against left-handers in the offseason. So there you go. And I think he's hitting close to, like, if, if it's not close, it's over 300 against lefties this year. He has made a huge adjustment. Kind of like Christian Yelich did with the fastball. So, he's having a career year, and he's probably going to be the – well, not probably. He will be the NL MVP. All right. Buying or selling this. The Yankees logo is the most recognizable logo in sports. The Yankees are over in London playing the Red Sox. So, it made me think of this because they're playing in London. Here's some of the other popular logos I can think of. You got Jay-Z who wears the Yankee cap when you see it everywhere. But you have the White Sox logo that Kevin Durant always wears. And Easy e No. From um, – Easy from NWA wore it. You got the Dallas Cowboys logo. You got the Bulls or the Celtics. So buying or selling the Yankees logo is the most popular, most recognizable logo in sports. Well, to me, there's only two on that list that matter. It's the star of the Dallas Cowboys, and it's the interlocking NY of the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees have been around a lot longer. They're in the number one market. They absolutely control the eastern seaboard. There's more people who live on the eastern seaboard than live in the Midwest, in the South, and in uh, a wonderful Pacific where we are. I'll go the Yankees. I'm buying the Yankees as the most recognizable. They're the number one franchise, professional sports franchise in the United States of America. And when they always talk about franchise worth, can you imagine if you put the Yankees up for sale? Um I don't want to imagine because they're going to be worth uh, a couple billion dollars. That's billion the Clippers, with a B. The Clippers went for two billion. Yeah, so the Yankees will probably. They, they, the, the Yankees would go over ten billion dollars. I would say yeah, that's billion with a B. By the way, no, I mean and and Jerry, what he has done in Dallas is is pretty incredible. But uh, 
I think they're both up there, 1A and 1B, but I go the Yankees. All right, last one. Let's, I'm going to get this in. Uh, coming to the series versus the Mets, the Phillies had lost seven in a row in 16 of 22. On June 24th, recently acquired Brad Miller from the Yankees brought in a bamboo plant he bought in Philadelphia. Miller was uh, – I already said that about me acquired. Miller said, this will bring us some wins. I can feel it. Since then, the Phillies have won four straight. Buying or selling Brad Miller's bamboo plant will be more famous than Aubrey Huff's red thong. I'm selling. You got to win the World Series before the bamboo plant really means anything. Aubrey, my old radio partner, who's gone crazy, uh, <laughs> but that thong was a big deal. I mean, that was national news. They busted out the thong at the parade. So I'm uh, I'm selling that the bamboo will be bigger than the thong. They, they, there's been people who've offered Aubrey a lot of money for that thong that stays dripped in beer at his house in his office. The other ones I could think of that were popular, like things that they came up with, was the 87 Twins had the Homer Hankies. Your 2002 Angels had the Rally Monkey. The Rally Monkey, who still lives today. And the 2008 Rays, I remember watching, had the they were using the cowbells like nobody else. So those are three I could think of. But What uh, about uh, Kevin Millar and Cowboy Up in the uh, 04 Red Sox run? Yeah, see, that's one I completely forgot. But like the ones that always stuck out to me were the Rally Monkey and the Cowbells that the Rays had. The best sign I've ever seen at a World Series was in 2001. The Braves and the Twins. And, of course, Chili Davis was on the Twins at the time. And at the Metrodome, I don't remember who had the broadcast at that time. Was it NBC, CBS, whatever, 2001. But someone held up the sign that says, Chili gives us the runs. It's one of the greatest signs I've ever seen at a ballpark for Chili Davis. We're out of here? Yeah, that's it. What time am I on uh, A's Total Access? Uh, 6.05. So no happy hour? No happy hour. It doesn't look like it. Looks like the looks like Joey's going to have to owe us uh, another uh, round of uh, drinks another time. Okay, so here's the deal. You can hear, stay here on A's Cast Live, Alex Jensen with A's All Night, and they'll take us directly into A's Total Access. Or you can go to 860 AM, The Answer, in the Bay Area, and then later on picking up the coverage will be Sports 1140 KHTK. What do we got going? I'm going to replay Dr. Meredith Wills talking about the difference in the baseball. And Cole Calhoun will be with Vince Catronio, just got to find out what Fosse's doing, and then we'll have the Bo Mel Show. Game two of the Athletics and the Angels coming your way right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 